Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I think this is our 200th episode since launching the podcast four years ago in November of 2016 during that election cycle. So it's great to be back four years later doing our 200th episode, which is just wild. And I just want to thank our listeners for sticking with us and listening to us every week. We're going to keep on going. So thanks for tuning in. My guest today is a longtime NCIA member, Dr. Jeffrey Raber of the Workshop, W-E-R-C Workshop. Dr. Raber received his PhD in organic chemistry from the University of Southern California with an emphasis on developing new synthetic methodologies useful in pharmaceutical drug discovery and manufacturing efforts. He was named to the USA Today 1997 All-USA College Academic Team for his research accomplishments. He entered the cannabis industry in 2010 and has published five peer review articles on cannabis. As for the workshop, it was founded in 2010 as a sustainable chemistry company, first focused on cannabis. Initial services began through offering analytical testing to the California medical marijuana market. The company evolved its service offering to begin providing private label contract manufacturing services in the end of 2013 and subsequently expanded its presence to additional states, mostly on the West Coast. Thank you so much for being on the show with me today, Dr. Raver. Uh, thank you, Bethany. It's a pleasure to be here, especially on the 200th episode. Kind of nice. It's it's wild. It's great. Uh, and we're in the top 50 of U.S. business news on Apple Podcasts. So again, thanks to everyone for continuing to listen. Uh, l- let's learn more about you in addition to what I shared in the introduction here about your background and experience and all that really fun science stuff that you did before getting involved in cannabis. Sure, sure thing. Um, I've got a bachelor's in biochemistry, so I couldn't decide between chemistry and biology in college, so I decided why not try both. Mm-hmm. Um, and while going through the courses there, I really had a love for organic chemistry and synthetic chemistry, how to manipulate molecules, make new molecules, or more efficiently create the ones that are of interest to us for uh, whatever purpose that might be. I had mostly a, a pharmaceutical interest, but there are lots and lots of reasons to use molecules, whether it be you know paints, polymers, materials, um, ingredients in food, or pharmaceuticals. Um, so I went on to further my career in the academic world, which was in PhD and USC, uh, and there really got further down into pharmaceutical drug discovery and drug development. So we worked with how do you create molecules in environmentally friendly fashion, highly scalable, using inexpensive reagents 
so that you could make either existing pharmaceutical molecules or brand new ones, new molecular scaffolds that have what we call pharmacophores, interesting shapes, things that look like other molecules in the body or other existing drugs that you could then stick other pieces to and see how they might create the new lock and key type mechanisms, if you will. Um, from there, I moved on to fine chemical manufacturing. So it's a little bit more challenging to manufacture at larger scale. You can't always use all the methods that you use for small organic discoveries um, because it's not safe to create them at large amounts. So how do you tie one hand behind your back and try and synthesize new molecules in very cost efficient uh, manners. And I was predominantly interested in generic pharmaceuticals. That's where the game is most competitive and the best pharma uh, production process will be the one that wins. Um, so economically, if you can win, get to the FDA first with that, demonstrate their bioequivalent, then you'll have a good generic process and a generic pharmaceutical. And I always found those as kind of encompassing good things to help a lot of people at low cost and intellectually challenging from a chemistry perspective. Yeah, wow. I'm, I'm finding a lot of relevance to everything you're just saying with not only the synthetic marijuana chemicals that are out there, I think uh, Epidiolex is the name of it, uh, but also as we're generating a vaccine for the COVID-19 pandemic, it, it seems like all that is what's kind of going on behind the scenes in that side of the field. And that, that's all very technical and over many people's heads. So it's great to have you involved. But but I've met you before, and you're not you're not a super nerdy guy in a white lab coat with beakers. Uh, you're a pretty cool guy. So how did you how, how did you decide to get involved in cannabis? Well, thank you for the compliment. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, my brother was working in the construction industry at the end of 2008, and was what we we later found out he was asked to build a storefront dispensary in Orange County, California. The individuals had thought, let's put it into a medical uh, facility. Let's make it look very much um, like medicine, except the plexiglass windows and the cash handling seemed to be a little unique as you were laying mm -hmm. out the, the piece. Um, but they bet on President Obama being elected um, because this was in uh, August, September, um, but of 2008, so before the election, mm. and that he would come in and say he's not going to take the same aggressive position against medical cannabis, you know. And in 2009, he did actually say he was going after drug trafficking organizations as opposed to medical patients. And at that point, I, it you know, it really became apparent to me there's a ton of medical utility. This plant hasn't been studied. It, obviously, you can breed it for THC and you know, one molecule, you could breed it for all the others. How might scientists be able to get involved and really help offer a great informed perspective towards changing policy regulations and ushering this in back into society in a very, very helpful manner? Yeah, awesome. Makes sense. And, and a lot's happened since then, for sure. And the cannabis <laughs> industry <laughs> continues yeah. to become more sophisticated. And now we're learning about not just the THC cannabinoid. There, there's so much going on. I, I like my CBD ratio gummies and then there's CBN and, and the other ones. And I think there's just so much potential there for sure. Yep. Uh, early research says, hey, look, there's over 100 cannabinoids. There's, you know, more than 100 terpenes. There's a lot of molecules and combinations. Um, which ones might be right for whom and how might we direct or breed towards non-psychoactive utility and what else might we be able to open up? 
um, I think we, I think we like to joke one year is like seven years. Um, one year in the cannabis space is like seven years. It feels like it moves dog exceptionally years. fast, right? <laughs> so, yep. Yep. Dog yeah. years. Absolutely. Just had that comment on my last episode with <laughs> carrier out of stock. Actually, it comes up a lot. Yep. So, so now you are running the workshop and have been for the sev- past several years. Uh, so what, what's going on with the workshop in addition to what I shared earlier and what, what's your day like and, and what's going on with the company this year? Sure. We look to license intellectual property and some of the technologies and formulations and tools that we've developed. So we've expanded our presence in terms of a technology sense to the East Coast as well as the West Coast. And a lot of my days are walking through state licensed manufacturers, how they can extract, formulate, package, fill and finish their products efficiently, navigate their changing regulatory waters and create novel products that are, you know, competitive advantage for them in their unique small marketplace, in addition to how they might be trying to target specific patient ailments um, and across all the way into the adult use uh, panacea, if you will. So we look to spread out as many different formulas that model what we found in the plant, what looks to be present on the particular flower products, and how you can then put those same molecules together inside of extracted products and other derivatives from the oil. Wow. It sounds like you're still in the lab, but you've also stepped out of the lab and are doing almost the whole supply chain now. Yeah. My uh, my head's in the lab. My hands aren't in there as much. We've got others <laughs> that actually do that work. I kind of miss it a little bit. Um, it's a lot more fun than corporate life sometimes. Um, the fun creative aspects of in the lab. But we certainly, you know, I have a very good purview over which molecules are, are going through the streams, which ones shouldn't be there, of course, and how do we make sure standardized, consistent products are the ones that are delivered to the marketplace. Excellent. Quality control is so important in our industry as well. Uh, Before we take our first commercial break, I'd like to remind our listeners that the Cannabis Business Summit and used to be an expo. It's all virtual now. The Cannabis Business Summit is cyber this year, and it is November 10th, 11th, and 12th. If you are a current member of NCIA, you and your whole team can register to attend the virtual conference complimentary. It's included in your membership. If you're not an NCIA member, you can still register at a very reasonable ticket price. Just head to CannabisBusinessSummit.com and make sure you catch out catch our keynote with former presidential candidate Andrew Yang, as well as Carlos Santana. Again, you can register at www.CannabisBusinessSummit.com. All right, let's take our first commercial break, and then we'll dive into the lab with Dr. Raber. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Plant Plant Profits. 
I'm Vern Davis, and I'd like to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. We call them the Plant Profits. Each week on Plant Profits, we talk to the people at the forefront of the industry, creating real companies and career opportunities. We'll learn from the people leading the charge into the promised land of profit. Plant Profits is powered by Protus Global, people solutions firm that has been building companies, changing lives since 1995. P-R-O-T-I-S global.com. Protus Global. Find Plant Profits now at CannabisRadio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, celebrating the 200th episode and talking with Dr. Jeffrey Raber of The Workshop. So let's start by talking about the vaping market. Uh, NCIA put out a policy paper last year about safe vaping, and that was after the public disaster of what we now remember as the vaping crisis. Everyone's alarmed and the ingredients we're putting into our lungs is indeed super important, even more so now. So let's talk about safe vaping and and the inhalation ingredient regulations that are needed here so we don't have cartridges with vitamin E oil on the market again. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um, Importantly, vitamin E acetate. So vitamin E itself is an antioxidant. Um, It may not cause the same problems we saw with vitamin E acetate um, because the acetate part breaks off upon heat and forms a really reactive molecule known as ketene. Um, I think it was alarming, of course, to see this happen. I think some of us unfortunately thought in some, some ways this may be the, case, the course that we go because there were no regulations watching what was being put into them. And it might have only been a matter of, of time, unfortunately, until somebody put the wrong thing inside of these products. Mm-hmm. What we importantly have learned is generally recognized as safe for something like a food ingredient or a topical doesn't necessarily mean it's generally safe to inhale right. or to be empl- you know employed in one of these devices. 
I think we're starting to really understand there's two parts, the molecules and the formulations that go into them, as well as the vape device itself. What's the temperature that they operate? What's their material of construction? And, you know, are some of those components also perhaps as important, if not more important than the molecules that are being put into the formulations? Mm. Um, you know, so everyone's now taking a good, hard molecular look, which is, you know, fun for the chemist, but challenging for all the poor regulators that didn't didn't take much chemistry in their uh, backgrounds. And we're starting to assess, you know, which ones may or may not be useful in an inhalation sense. I think we're fortunate to be able to use the plant as a great guide. The molecules that have been present in there have been often combusted at very high temperatures, which is a lot higher than vaporization temperatures, but they haven't been used in those types of devices nearly as long as we've been inhaling the plant. And now we're starting to see people say, hey, look, let's err a little bit on the side of caution. We know vitamin E acetate is no good, so that one's not being permitted. And labs will start to check to make sure that that's not present in any of these samples. It's also very important to note that this was predominantly an unregulated cannabis problem right. you know, where there were state regulations and people testing at least cannabinoid values. You know, you had the truth of this was 70 or 80 percent THC. I didn't add some thickening agent to make it appear that way when in the absence of testing. Um, and I think we've all learned, hey, regulated vape products are much, much better than those that are not. Um, and that we're now educating regulators on which molecules are present, what makes the most sense. And there still is a lot to be learned in this respect. We know a lot from food and flavor ingredients and from worker exposure of inhalation and things of that type. The tobacco industry has also kind of provided some information about which things may or may not be useful in this fashion. Mm -hmm. So we can say, we've already learned about these, let's not add those or make sure some of the molecules are below um, certain thresholds or limits. And I think, you know, tobacco is going to lead a little bit of the charge when the FDA starts to say which things are or are not allowed. But cannabis is very different. It has very different types of molecules. It's much more oily than water-based. A lot of the nicotine things are much more water-based. Mm -hmm. And it's really, um, you know, a new ground for a lot of people. And a lot of research really needs to be done. I think we'll see soon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I remember when I was first starting to use vape pens a few years ago, I think propylene glycol was the predominant um, uh, liquid mm -hmm. that was being used. Yeah. And, and things have just changed a little over time. So they're moving in the right direction. So that's great to hear. Um, I, yeah, I'd like to dive into some of the specific states and what they may be doing at the state level, because everything is still at the state level, as we noted, there's no federal guidance yet. Um, what are the states doing if you have some insight on looking at these regulations for themselves? Sure. Um, Colorado just came out and said they want to test the vapor streams for heavy metals starting in 2022, I believe. It will not be January of 2021, but the year after. Okay. Um, Washington and Oregon are expected to release new formal um, final regulations regarding these types of inhalation ingredients for vape products, somewhat for um, other extracts and concentrates too. In terms of, you know, where's their source? I, I think there's been a lot of questions on, is a synthetic molecule that's produced in the lab any different than a naturally derived molecule? 
The major differences there are in fact purity with the synthetic molecules most often being higher purity and easier to isolate. Um, natural extracts, I think, give people comfort, but they're not always as well-defined or as high a purity as the synthetic molecules. And which source does the molecule come from is not as important as what the molecule actually is. So are you using the right molecules and are these things already in cannabis? Are they not? And like I said, which ones might we know about worker exposure? One good example being diacetyl that caused popcorn lung. For those that mm -hmm. were making, you know, artificial flavoring for popcorns, they found that they really had adverse reactions in their lungs from yes. overexposure to that molecule. Mm. Um, so I think it's Colorado, Washington, Oregon kind of leading the charge. I know Massachusetts is really talking about these things and others states are certainly watching that. And I think we'll see more by the end of this year, and that should percolate into next year. Um, I know some states like California had sought to have some bills get passed this year, but given all the COVID craziness and everything else in the assembly, they didn't bring a bill um, finally to fruition. But I think everyone's anticipating there will be something done in the vapor regulation space uh, next year for cannabis. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's a great update. Thank you. Um, and, and I really, really like talking to NCIF members that have been around a long time and seen a lot of things and, you know, that dog years observation perspective that we have. So you have a really good sense of what works and what doesn't and best practices you've learned over the years. Um, I wonder what advice comes to mind here that you might have for cannabis companies and their brands. Don't assume your name is what you think it is, <laughs> might be the name of the product. Um, and watch the testing, watch your molecules. Um, I think there's a false assumption that if I started with a certain plant cultivar, call it Blue Dream, and I've extracted it, that I have the exact same molecules in my extraction because that's what I might fundamentally want. But in fact, testing demonstrates that the molecular composition can change sometimes considerably across every type of extraction methodology, and you end up with something new. Now you can standardize that practice. You get the same plants produced every time, watching your testing and demonstrating that. Use a consistent production methodology and you can create an output that is consistent. But what we see a lot is lack of consistency. And I think everybody really appreciates and understands brands are driven by con consistent experience, whether it's, you know, an adult recreational brand and especially sort of towards medicine. If it's, you know, medical and some consumer patient is looking to say, I want a desired physiological response repeatedly, they're really caring about the molecules that are in there and expecting that desired effect every single time, or they're going to have more of their medical problem. Might not be that as bad if you're tasting something and, and looking for that experience, but brands are built on the same taste repeatedly time and time again. So scaling your consistency is probably the biggest thing that you need to pay attention to. And you can build your brand on a house of cards if you're not paying attention to it. So watch your molecules from beginning to end, really understand where and when they may be changing. And I think, you know, labs are very attuned to offering a much broader chemical perspective than they were in, in years past. And everybody should be able to have a good amount of data that lets them know whether they are being somewhat consistent or not. Wow, my mind is blown that if you put one thing into the extraction machine, you might get something else on the other side. That's, that seems like important 
information. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that advice, Jeff. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's take our final commercial break, and then we'll be right back to wrap up our chat with Dr. Jeffrey Raber of The Workshop. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. It's time to Hemp Present. I am going to titillate your audio orifices with weekly radio rendezvous with some of the premier movers, shakers, and history makers of the cannabis community. Radio resident Hempo Sapien Vivian McPeak. I will be putting out a call to action on the issues of the day and putting your interests under the big lights as I provide cannabis commentary and weekly interviews that go straight for the nugular. Marijuana! Hemp Present, only on Cannabis Radio. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put different celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Empire, a show dedicated to exploring the many potential therapeutic uses of the cannabis plant. Once a cornerstone of healing and now making a heroic comeback. Cannabis has the potential to promote health and well-being, bring the body back to homostasis, and foster recovery for a healthier way of living. Hempire focuses on a diverse range of serious health issues, presenting views ranging from those of patients and their loved ones through those of researchers and medical professionals. Welcome to Hempire. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, with the National Cannabis Industry Association. I think I forgot to say that earlier. I was too excited that it was our 200th episode. I forgot to introduce myself. And we've been learning a lot about what goes on in the science side of things in cannabis with Dr. Jeffrey Raber. And as I mentioned, you have been a member of NCIA forever, for dog years. In fact, we consider you a founding member. Why did your company get involved in NCIA and and how's your j- journey coming along with us over the years? It's been good to see the progress uh, that's been made. I think you guys have certainly evolved as a very well-founded, information-based um, in like uh, industry participant, someone that's really geared towards policy and also educating the public. And that was one of the major drivers was your focus on policy and properly informing everyone about what's important to evolve the industry, how to bring it into a mature, you know, consistent, 
um, reputable industry with well-founded players that are responsible. And the big one was 280E for tax purposes and banking, mm. right? Like how can we really operate in a safe manner that's well-tracked and traced in terms of, you know, financial matters so that we can responsibly and honestly pay our taxes in easy fashion like every other business and just be treated like every other business. And I mean, it's a, it was a huge uphill climb. I don't think that we expected you guys would accomplish that in a year. There's been tremendous amount of positive movement. And I believe we're really right on the cusp of seeing that finally come to fruition where life is much more like normal, you know, industries with much better banking regulations and acceptance and perhaps 280E can finally go away and will be seen as, you know, significant businesses that are just like every other one's. So true. Yes. And our government relations team in Washington, D.C. is representing our industry year round. They're not in the actual halls of Congress right now because of COVID, but they're they're on phone calls and Zoom calls and emails with with the staffers and the members of Congress. And we did see some great progress on the Safe Banking Act in recent months. Um, it is stalled in the Senate, of course, and um, and they've just taken a recess. So we will continue to push for safe banking to push through in whatever way our team is totally dedicated in D.C. And as far as the information that we've put out over the years, much of it is still relevant as things in Congress move at a glacial pace. So be sure to check out NCIA's website and check out the industry reports that our policy council has published over the years, including the vaping crisis paper uh, from last year as well. Um, also our 10 year anniversary as an organization, Aaron Smith founded this in 2010. So all year long, we've been reflecting on the past and looking into the future. So our fun question to ask on the show today is, 10 years ago in 2010, I guess you were launching your business. So you, you were in the cannabis industry, yeah. but predictions of how it looks today. And I think the big one this year is that cannabis was deemed an essential business during yeah. some of the most toughest restrictions and lockdowns earlier this year. I would have never predicted that. <laughs> Same. So, yeah. Even last year, I wouldn't have predicted that would happen this year. Um, I think that was one that none of us would have seen, but I think it's a huge testament to acceptance of its physiological impact and utility and how many people actually benefit from the use of cannabis. Um, you know, everyone has kind of finally understood, hey, this does have utility as a medicine. Mm -hmm. Maybe not everyone, next to everyone, except for some certain agencies that are still holding out on that one. Um, but I think there is grand acceptance by the general public that this is, you know, the sky is not going to fall in when you, you know, allow these uh, operations to persist inside the states. We've seen countries um, go ahead and adopt full-fledged adult legalization. And I'm very optimistic that within the next 10 years, we'll continue, continue to see that happen and eventually happen here in the United States. Um, it's, it's been fun. I think when we started, you know, we didn't know what we didn't know, especially from the molecular sense. Um, 10 years ago, we thought, hey, let's make sure we're watching for bad, bad types of molecules like pesticides or microbiological contaminants, heavy metals and things like that. But 
even then when we started, we didn't know the grand importance of terpenes. It wasn't until mm -hmm. 2011 that we started testing for terpenes and said, we think these are going to be very important to understand as well because they're driving that entourage or ensemble effect. You know, what makes medical cannabis more special than just THC or CBD or one molecule in a pharmaceutical sense? Why do people not choose to use Marinol? Why are they coming back to whole plant medicinal can cannabis? And that's because more of these molecules are useful and required actually to generating that desired physiological response. So I wouldn't have known that it was as molecularly complex as we are actually seeing it be today. I think I had the naive idea that it would be very easy to map each patient and their individual needs to a specific plant product. I didn't know the naming game was so um, so, so flamboyant, I would say, mm. where every product was called something similar because of a popularized name, yeah. but it didn't map back to the specific chemical profiles, if you will. Um, and I think we'll see that clear up. We'll start to see better standardization, you know, improved labeling, more people being transparent about their specific molecular compositions in the end, and at least saying this is the same time and time again, which will lead us to helping to map, you know, which consumer wants which products. Right now, you could have someone brand new walk in and say, I have, you know, ailment X and Y, and I'd like to try cannabis, but I don't want to inhale it. I'd like it in some other fashion. And today's, you know, people in the dispensary, those bud tenders find it very difficult to say, well, maybe I'll guide you here. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of trial and error um, and can take a lot of effort. I think we've come a long way in, in terms of offering a couple of different things to try instead of a hundred <laughs> um, and not seeing people get immediately frustrated or thinking cannabis isn't for them. And I think that will only improve by leaps and bounds, um, especially as we continue to mature as an industry. 100%. And I've said it on the show in past episodes. That's one thing I very much look forward to is being able to reverse engineer, is the way I phrase it, what you want and lead to a specific product. So that is the future I'm looking forward to. Of course, federal legalization and all that fun stuff too. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, we have run out of time. Um, if you're looking for some of the industry report resources I mentioned earlier, head to thecannabisindustry.org and be sure to register for all of our webinars happening every week. And of course, the Cannabis Business Summit Cyber Edition, November 10th, 11th, and 12th, found at cannabisbusinesssummit.com. And Dr. Jeffrey Raber, thank you so kindly for being on the show today for the 200th episode where can people find out more about you? Um, you can find us on the web or on Instagram, The Workshop, T-H-E-W-E-R-C-S-H-O-P.com. Um, and we're all over all the social medias under the same thing. Feel free to reach out at any time. Awesome. Thanks again for being on the show. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.